We've just published the book, The Adventures of Lola Badiola. It's the perfect complement for this podcast. It includes complete transcripts, explanations, and quizzes. So buy it now on Amazon. Previously on The Adventures of Lola Badiola. Whoever had defeated Park J. Bong was going to feel the full force of his revenge. He wasn't just going to rehack SMZ, he was going to attack the company that protected them. He was going to bring down Texpania. Hello and welcome back. You have reached Chapter 12 of our podcast. Your command of common expressions, phrasal verbs, and advanced vocabulary is improving with each episode. And in the story so far, you have met the management of Texpania, the programming team of JBlock, and the North Korean hackers. In this episode, we are going to bring all of these protagonists together. We're going to find out what happens when their worlds collide. So strap yourself into your seat and get ready for the start of a roller coaster ride. The Adventures of Lola Badiola. Chapter 12 The Press Conference. Lola and Cayetano returned to the Adriatica building on Gran Via after their coffee together. They were having a friendly chat about the best restaurants in the area, but stopped abruptly when they entered the office. The whole J-Block team was standing together, silently looking up at the television screen on the main wall. It was showing one of the 24-hour business news channels. Lola and Cayetano joined the rest of the group. What's going on? asked Cayetano. Shh! Just listen! replied one of the coders dismissively. A press conference was just about to begin. All the journalists and photographers were in their seats waiting for the presentation to start. The side door opened, and through it walked two people that Lola knew very well, her ex-boss, Luis Bruña, and the CEO of Texpania, Mario Ruiz de Balasco. The two men sat down at a long table, with their lawyers either side of them. "'Hey, Lola, old friends of yours!' shouted JJ from across the room. Lola moved forward to see the screen more closely. Mario looked as elegant and imperious as ever, but Luis was merely a shadow of himself. His face was white as a sheet, and he had dark rings around his eyes. He looked ten years older than when she had last seen him. "'What's this about?' asked Lola. "'They've been hit,' replied JJ. "'What?' Lola couldn't believe it. Europe's biggest IT company, the provider of cybersecurity services to thousands of companies around the world, had been hacked. "'Their share price is down 20%,' added JJ. Before Lola could react, the press conference started. "'Good morning, everyone.' said Mario, in his customary, relaxed but authoritative manner. Yesterday afternoon at exactly 2pm we experienced an intrusion in our systems. Let me explain the context of this attack, the action we have taken, and the results of that action. 
As you know, our company is one of the global leaders in fintech, particularly in the area of cybersecurity. A few days ago, we successfully neutralized a ransomware attack on a Swiss insurance company. Shortly after that, the same group of hackers gained access to our own systems and released a series of viruses. We immediately shut down the infected areas and disarmed the viruses one by one. Within six hours, we were once again fully operational. I am proud of the way our team has responded to this crisis, and I wish to reassure our clients, investors, and all our stakeholders that we have everything under control. We remain a stable and profitable company in a challenging and disruptive sector. I will now answer your questions. There was a slight pause in the proceedings before one of the journalists took hold of a microphone. Bradley Manson, Cyber Story magazine. Do you know who is responsible for the attack? It is too early to comment on that. Rogue hacker or hostile government? I cannot confirm or deny either of those possibilities. A journalist from ABC raised her hand and, without waiting for permission to speak, she asked the question that was on everyone's mind. What does it say about the safety of our data if the company protecting our data is vulnerable to attack? There was a murmur around the press conference. This was the elephant in the room, and it needed to be addressed. We are living in unprecedented times, said Mario Ruiz de Velasco calmly and confidently, having prepared for the questions with a rehearsed response that was loaded with rhetorical devices. A time when the integrity of data is coming under threat from forces both foreign and domestic. A time when any company, big or small, startup or multinational, is vulnerable to the insidious actions of criminals. It is, therefore, paramount that during these times we stick together, support each other and present a unified front. Let there be no doubt in anybody's mind. Texpania will fight back. Texpania will prevail. Texpania will continue to counteract the causes of chaos. It is therefore an opportune moment for me to inform you of our current product pipeline. Son of a bitch! He's turning this press conference into a publicity stunt, said J.J. What's happening to share price? shouted Diego. Still down 20%, replied one of the programmers monitoring his screen. For the next ten minutes, Mario Ruiz de Balasco spoke about the upgrades the company was making to its endpoint protection, network encryption and web application firewalls. It looked like he was going to bore the press conference into submission until a journalist from El Confidencial interrupted him with a question that caught everyone's attention. Was it an inside job? What do you mean? Most malicious attacks are made by a company's current or ex-employees. Do you think that was the case here? We are pursuing all lines of investigation. Is it true that the account manager responsible for the Swiss insurance company recently left? Yes, 
We had to fire her. The journalist made a note in his book and then asked, Is she implicated in this incident? Mario Ruiz de Balasco leant back in his chair and took some advice from his lawyer. Then he said, That is something for the cybercrime department of the police force to decide. What's her name? Ruiz de Balasco turned to Luis Bruña and waited. Luis hesitated for a moment, then leaned forward so that his lips were touching the microphone. Lola Badiola. Her name is Lola Badiola. Ruiz de Balasco gave the journalists time to write down the new information, and then he looked directly into the television camera. I hope that I can be the invisible hand that guides the police towards these criminals, whomsoever they may be. One by one, the J-Block team turned to look at Lola. She was frozen to the spot, staring incredulously at the television screen, and the sickening sensation of panic started to rise from her stomach. O-M-G. Oh my God. Tech Spania has been hacked. And we know who hacked them. But they do not. And Mario Ruiz de Velasco has taken the opportunity in the press conference to point the finger indirectly at Lola Badiola. O-M-G. Okay, we're going to do something slightly different in the analysis of this chapter. We will discuss a couple of common expressions, but our real focus is going to be on public speaking skills. We will talk in depth about the speech that Mario Ruiz de Velasco makes and the techniques he uses to make his words powerful, memorable and persuasive. Let's start with the question from the journalist that prompts the speech. What does it say about the safety of our data if the company protecting our data is vulnerable to attack? There was a murmur around the press conference. This was the elephant in the room, and it needed to be addressed. The elephant in the room. This is a wonderful expression. But what does it mean? Well, it's a very important and sometimes controversial issue that everybody knows about, but nobody wants to talk about. Let's imagine you're sitting in your Monday morning meeting and you're talking about administrative issues with your colleagues. And there happens to be an African elephant sitting in the corner of the room behind you. And nobody mentions it in the discussion. Everybody just ignores the fact that there is this two-ton beast sitting behind you. That's the elephant in the room. So, for example, if the company is struggling, it's losing money, there are going to be redundancies, some people are going to lose their jobs. And in the Monday morning meeting, the manager just continues with the usual administrative issues. He doesn't address the real situation. He doesn't address the problems that the company is having and the fact that some people might lose their jobs because he doesn't want to or he doesn't know how to 
or maybe he's not allowed to. He doesn't deal with the elephant in the room. Now, in our story, the elephant in the room in the press conference is the fact that Texpania, the company that is meant to protect other companies, has itself been hacked. So this is the issue that everybody has to address, that everybody's interested in. It's an important issue and it's controversial. And so up until the point the journalist asks the question, people have been ignoring the elephant in the room. So how does Mario Ruiz de Velasco respond to this question? Let's have another listen. We are living in unprecedented times, said Mario Ruiz de Velasco calmly and confidently, having prepared for the questions with a rehearsed response that was loaded with rhetorical devices. Okay, let's talk a little bit about public speaking. Whenever you make a speech, a presentation, or in this case, deliver a press conference, you need to know who your audience is, how they will respond and potentially the questions that they will ask. You need to adapt your style and the content of your speech according to the type of audience you have. Now, in most cases, your audience will be friendly, believe it or not. They will want you to succeed. If you make a speech at the Christmas party, or at a wedding, or even a company presentation, your listeners will want you to succeed. They are on your side. But what do you do if you face a hostile audience? Imagine you are the manager of a factory and you need to reduce wages. How would you announce your proposal? What would you say? Imagine you are a politician and you need to increase taxes. What would you say in your speech? Or in this case, you are the CEO of a company and you need to explain a costly failure to your shareholders, to your customers, or to the awaiting journalists. How do you approach this leadership challenge? Well, here's some advice if you ever have to face a hostile audience. Firstly, you've got to be aware that your audience is going to be hostile. You need to put yourself in their shoes. You need to be ready for their anger. Do not be surprised by their reaction. Secondly, you need to be prepared. You need to anticipate their questions, prepare your answers, and practice, practice, practice. Ask your colleagues to role-play with you. Ask them to attack you with the strongest criticisms you can imagine. Thirdly, empathize with your audience. Do not fight fire with fire. Listen actively. Allow them to express themselves. Allow them to release their frustration. And then try to genuinely understand 
their point of view. And finally, once everyone has been allowed to release their anger and their frustration, introduce new information. Make a new suggestion. Move the conversation forwards into the future. Now, in our story, it's clear that Mario Ruiz de Velasco has anticipated the questions from the audience. He has prepared his responses and practiced them. And so he remains calm and in control. And then eventually, he introduces new information to move the conversation forwards. He also uses some very effective rhetorical devices in his speech to persuade the listening audience to agree with him. Have a listen to the following again. Texpania will fight back. Texpania will prevail. Texpania will continue to counteract the causes of chaos. Okay, there are a couple of rhetorical devices in this sentence. And by that I mean a choice of words that sounds good, that's memorable. And the fact is, if something sounds good and is memorable, it is more likely to be believed, whether it's true or not. The first device is called anaphora. A-N-A-P-H-O-R-A. Anaphora. And this is the repetition of a word or a phrase over and over again. So it becomes like a mantra. So the audience never forgets. In this case, Texpanyol will. Texpanyol will. Texpanyol will. This is just like Winston Churchill's great wartime speech. We will fight them on the beaches. We will fight them on the landing grounds. We will fight them and we will never surrender. Just like Martin Luther King's Lincoln Memorial Address. I have a dream. I have a dream. I have a dream. Which he repeats eight times in his 17-minute speech. So the speaker repeats this phrase in order that the audience remembers it and truly absorbs the message. That is anaphora. The second device that Mario Ruiz de Velasco uses is called alliteration. This is the repetition of a single letter at the beginning of successive words. And it just sounds great. It's used in poetry, in advertising, and in a lot of common expressions. Texpania will continue to counteract the causes of chaos. Lots of K sounds there. It's similar to Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech, in which he says the following, I want my children to grow up in a world where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Color of their skin, content of their character. Counteract the causes of chaos, 
The repetition of the K sound is a form of alliteration. It makes the sentence sound pleasant. It gives it rhythm. And there are lots of examples of alliteration in the world of business. Simply, we have companies like PayPal, Coca-Cola, and of course, Krispy Kreme Donuts. And it wouldn't be the same if you listened to a TED conference instead of listening to a TED talk, right? They chose the word talk very consciously because they've created an alliteration, TED Talks. We love alliteration. It's all around us. And once again, it just makes everything sound great. And if something sounds great, your audience is more likely to believe it. Okay, before we end today's session, let's look at a couple of useful expressions. Listen to this again. Was it an inside job? What do you mean? Most malicious attacks are made by a company's current or ex-employees. Do you think that was the case here? An inside job is used to describe illegal activity that is perpetrated by the people who work for the organization being targeted. According to Cybercrime magazine, 66% of data breaches involve an insider. So insiders are the biggest cyber threat to a company. Its own employees, past or present, are the biggest cyber threat to a company. And this article continues with the claim that only 10% of security budgets are focused on internal threats. So they conclude that employees are stealing the organization's data and companies are not doing enough to stop it. OMG, I'm starting to feel paranoid about my own business. Anyway, it is therefore a very reasonable question for the journalist to ask Ruiz de Velasco. Was this an inside job? And he takes the opportunity to implicate Lola Badiola. What a cunning and dangerous man he is. Okay, finally, have a listen to the last paragraph of the text again. I hope that I can be the invisible hand that guides the police towards these criminals, whomsoever they may be. What's an invisible hand in this context? Well, it's a hidden power that is directing an activity or a project. Now, do you remember in the first few episodes, we heard Ruiz de Velasco tell Lola that he was the invisible hand that had been guiding her career. And then when Lola quit the company on bad terms, the last thing she said to the CEO was, I would shake your hand if it weren't invisible. Nice one, Lola. Well, Ruiz de Velasco hasn't forgotten that exchange and is using the expression once again. 
It's an implicit message to Lola. It's a threat. I personally am going to ruin you. And on that dramatic note, we end today's session. We hope you can join us again for the next episode of our podcast. And if you do want live interactive business English classes with me, then sign up to Club Grattan. Just search Club Grattan on Google and you will find us. Until then, keep practicing and just make sure that there isn't an elephant in your room.